Welcome in to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. Let's get right into today's episode. So, college football, week zero, came back over the weekend. Notre Dame played. USC played. There is also some NFL trades made. Trey Lance to the Cowboys. We'll get into all of that. First, I want to talk about the college football weekend and a lot of hype was put around Caleb Williams. I'm sure you saw the play. It was really an insane play. The the ball was snapped behind him. He went up, picked up the ball, didn't even get into didn't even get into a full throwing motion and threw it down the field for a long touchdown pass and it just shows his raw natural talent. But we all know what Caleb Williams is. He's going to be the number 1 overall pick in the draft. He is a once in a decade maybe more type prospect. Sam Hartman, when I and and I know they're playing Navy, but what I saw out of Sam Hartman, he is the best quarterback Navy has had in a long time, the best pure passer they have had in a long time. And when Ohio State goes to South Bend at the end of September, they are gonna put up a fight. They they are gonna put themselves in a position to win that game, I believe. And when the USC comes to South Bend, they are going to have an opportunity to win that game as well. I'm not arguing that Sam Hartman is, is the best quarterback prospect or anything like that. But we all know Notre Dame has always been good. Like in the past decade with Brian Kelly and even last year, even though they lost to Marshall and had a couple bad losses, they ended up beating South Carolina a bowl game. We all know Notre Dame has been good. When they went to the national championship game over a decade ago, and they played Nick Saban. We remember the the argument was, well, in the trenches, they just got destroyed. They have recruited so well in the offensive line rankings that they could put their offensive line against any Big Ten team, any SEC team, including Michigan, including Georgia. I'm not saying they would dominate the line of scrimmage, but they would not get ran over. They they would compete with those two teams in in the trenches. The problem for Notre Dame the last decade has been perimeter speed and also quarterback play. Like last year, they didn't have a lot of perimeter speed, but they did have Michael Mayer. The quarterback play wasn't great. Ian Book, I really liked Ian Book, but he wasn't. He he, he was a competitor and an athlete, and he would win them games. But he wasn't a pure passer. Sam Hartman is a pure passer of the football. You can see it. You can see how easily the ball comes out of his hand. And he's also experienced. He, he played for Wake Forest. Notre Dame is gonna is going to compete. They have three games on their schedule. Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. It's hard to go 3-0 and in those three games. They're going to compete in all three of those games. And I, I think they will win at minimum one. I think they will win at least two of those games. We don't know what Ohio State's quarterback situation is. Notre, USC and Caleb Williams are terrific on offense. They still gave up 28 points to San Jose State. Clemson looks like they have been falling off for a couple years now. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to over... I, I try not to overreact to, to week zero. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. They will be there at the end of the year competing for a playoff spot. Now, do I think they'll win the national championship? Marcus Freeman is in his second year, and let's not try to over-expect from a team that has a coach in his second year. 
But they are certainly going to be one of the best teams in the nation this year. And I think they're going to be able to compete with anybody. Okay, let's go to Trey Lance. On Friday, Trey Lance was traded to the Cowboys. And there's two uh, areas of the trade that I want to touch on. The first is the 49ers perspective. Because everybody in the media... And when I say media, I mean people that are criticizing the 49ers are saying this is one of the worst trades in history, and I don't know why. And and this is an argument that I'm hearing. I don't know why it's not getting more attention and why the 49ers are not getting more criticism for how bad this trade was. And I think the answer is pretty simple. Was this trade terrible? Yes. Budget botched, butchered, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely it was by the 49ers. There is no denying that. But the reason why the 49ers are not getting criticized the way some people think they should be is because they win their games. It's one thing if the Browns did this. And it's not to take a shot at the Browns. But if the Browns did this, it would be like, well, they lose all their games and, and this is why they're dysfunctional. Well, you can't point to this for the 49ers and be like, this is why they're dysfunctional, because they're not dysfunctional. They got, in my opinion, the second-best coach in the National Football League. If you don't think he's second-best, he's certainly top five. They also have a absolute loaded weapons room for Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. They have players on top of players. They have players on the defensive end, Nick Boza. I mean, they just have dudes everywhere on that team. Kyle Shannon's a great coach. I think they're going to win their division. So, and they made it to the NFC Championship the last two years. People are criticizing for not getting the Super Bowl. There's plenty of teams that haven't made it to the NFC Championship. So when I hear people like, well, the 49ers should get more criticism. I'm not arguing that this was a good trade or that the 49ers didn't make a mistake. They absolutely did. The reason why they didn't is because winning solves everything. You can, We can criticize them all we want to, but it doesn't change the fact that they're probably going to win their division this year and they're probably going to end up in the NFC Championship. And the team that benefited the most from the trade, the Miami Dolphins, and I am really high on the Dolphins this year, so this isn't a criticism of the Miami Dolphins, but the team that won and got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill with the draft picks they got for Trey Lance – they won the trade, but I still remember the game that the Miami Dolphins played the 49ers last year, and that was when Brock Purdy had to step in because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went down, and the 49ers absolutely hammered the Miami Dolphins. So I'm not I'm not arguing that this was a good trade, but people who are saying, well, they, they should get criticized more for this, or or this, if any other team this day would get criticized, the reason why... The 49ers are not getting the criticism, and I'm going to reiterate this, is not because everybody likes them more than any other team. But when you win games, it solves everything. It's the same thing that I said about Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he's not very talented compared to Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. When you win 70% of your games, it doesn't matter. And so that's the way I feel about the 49ers. You play to win the games. I mean, at the end of the day, that is what the sport is about. That is why you draft players. That is why you acquire more talent. 
You do it to win more games and to eventually, hopefully, win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, it wasn't a great trade. But it doesn't matter. The 49ers, the reason why they're not getting criticized the way some people feel they should be is because they win their games and they're a functional organization and they are probably going to win their division again this year and they're probably going to be at worst in the NFC Championship game. Okay. So as far as the Cowboys, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was a little interesting because we know that Dak and Jerry Jones, maybe Jerry Jones, which is he's getting a little more out of Dak after he paid Dak that big contract, and now he acquired Trey Lance to be the backup quarterback. People are like, well, this puts pressure on Dak Prescott. I don't disagree with that. My issue is... I think Dak Prescott, the reason that he gets this much pressure on him, whether it's from Jerry Jones, whether it's from media, it's not just because he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, but it's also because he's the one that held out that season. And no, he's not the only player to ever hold out to get a contract that he wants. But when you're the quarterback and you do that, you got to know that every year after that, that you do not perform up to the standard that people want you to perform to. They're going to be like, well, Jerry Jones paid him all this money and he can't perform in the playoffs. I'm not saying all the narratives that are out there on Dak are fair. But to be completely honest about it, he kind of brought some of it on himself. If he did not hold out that summer and he did not hold out for that contract, I do not feel at all that this narrative would be pushed so heavily by the media. Yeah, he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. So so maybe after he lost the playoff game the next day, there'll be an article or a column about he needs to do better in the playoffs. But all this heat that are that are surrounded that are surrounding the Cowboys and, and the Trey Lance trade and, and Jerry Jones done with Dak Prescott, the only reason why the media pushes it so heavily is because of Dak Prescott himself. So I'm not blaming Dak. I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't think he's Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, but I do think he's top 10, top eight. And I think with Jerry Jones and his mind, and I don't think it's unreasonable is well, we paid you that big contract. You sat out. You made a story out of the Cowboys. We paid you that big contract because you said you wanted more money. So we gave it to you. And to be completely honest, you have underperformed in the playoffs. So now when he goes out and he acquired Trey Lance, what's the what's the narrative by the media? Well, this puts pressure on Dak Prescott. This puts pressure on Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones is done with Dak Prescott. I'm not even saying that's true. I'm just saying the reason why the media pushes this agenda so hard is because of Dak Prescott himself. As far as Trey Lance goes, I don't think his career is done. You heard John Lynch and Kyle Shannon say it just didn't work out. I will say this. I'm not saying Trey Lance is done or he's not done. I still think he has a chance. The part that's concerning to me is when you look at the quarterbacks that were drafted in that class, the top four, you have Trevor Lawrence, number one, went to Jacksonville. You have Zach Wilson, number two, went to New York. 
Trey Lance was drafted number three, went to San Francisco. Then you had Justin Field drafted Chicago, and then you had Mac Jones taken by the Patriots. Not all of those quarterbacks have been successes, but Trey Lance unequivocally, not even an argument, landed in the best spot by far for a young quarterback to go to. Because remember, the, that's what this whole argument is about. The 49ers traded up to that pick. So they were a good team, and they had Kyle Shannon, and they had weapons for him. And they want him to play. And while the jury is still out in Justin Fields and Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson is a backup to Aaron Rodgers, and Trevor Lawrence has completely taken Jacksonville out of the slums and has absolutely made them a Super Bowl contender, Trey Lance couldn't make it work with Kyle Shanahan, and he couldn't make it work with that San Francisco roster. Now, Dallas is no bad team, but why am I supposed to believe he's going to make it work there? This isn't a criticism of Trey Lance. I'm just saying, he landed in the best spot of any of the rookies. He he absolutely landed in the best position possible that you could have landed. Everybody else had Jacksonville and Chicago. And although New England has been great for years, Bill Belichick is a defensive coach and they are on the decline, especially in terms of offense. Zach Wilson went to New York. So... I'm not saying that I don't think Trey Lance can make it work, but that is concerning to me. No, he does get to go sit under Dak. He does get to go to an offensive-minded team with C.D. Lamb and the weapons that they have. And Deuce Vaughn, by the way, looks like an absolute steal for the Cowboys. I'm just saying. That is what would concern me for Trey Lance. All right, let's get to... College football, which is official. Yeah, we had week zero, and it was interesting, but we officially have week one back this weekend. Really good games. And I think what's interesting about this weekend is two of the teams that I have going to the playoff, Ohio State and Alabama, we're going to get to see their quarterback situation. And Ohio State is open up against the Big Ten team, but Indiana isn't great. But they are going to be playing Indiana, a Big Ten team to open up the year. Alabama will be playing Middle Tennessee State. But nonetheless, we are going to get to see their quarterback situations. We get to see Florida State, LSU. That should be an interesting game. I'm not as high on Florida State as everybody else is, but I'm also not as high on LSU. I think there's a possibility... And LSU is really good, but I said this the I said this the other day when I was making my college football playoff predictions, and I said, I I just remember that game where Texas A and M they had everything to play for, and Texas A and M ran all over. Now Texas A and M is talented, and they're going to be talented this year because they have a loaded roster. So watch out for Texas A and M. I'm just saying, I cannot get my arms around LSU. I'm not saying they're not going to be they're not going to be good this year, but I think there's a chance they lose to Florida State early in the year. And by early, I mean, I guess, week one this week. Another game that I think is going to be really interesting this weekend, and not even this weekend, this Thursday, Utah and Florida. That's a really fascinating game because Florida ended their year, and and I know they didn't want to be there, and they weren't motivated, and Oregon State wanted to get a win against the SEC team. But I remember watching that game. It was in Las Vegas, and I remember watching that game. 
And I have never seen Florida, even though they had a bad year last year, I have never seen them look like that. Oregon State, a Pac-12 team, and it's nothing against the Pac-12, but we know what the SEC thinks of the Pac-12. A small, not great Pac-12 team. Oregon State had a good year last year. I'm not taking anything away from them, but they were not the best. They weren't one of the top three teams in the Pac-12 last year. And they went and they pushed around Florida, an SEC team, and almost shut them out and blew them out. Utah is really physical. I don't know what to make of this game because Florida's going to be motivated. But at the same time, Utah is really physical. However, they were physical against USC and Pac-12 teams when they met a Big Ten team in the Rose Bowl, Penn State. They kind of got pushed around. How are they going to fare against Florida? I'm not. I'm not feeling great about that game but if I had to pick a team and I had to bet on it I would bet on I'll bet on Utah we also get South Carolina North Carolina I think Drake May North Carolina it's going to be really good this year this is going to be good college football year it's going to be good NFL year too that starts next the week after but this is going to be a really good college football year I think you're going to have teams from all over being title contenders I just think it's going to be a really interesting year. You get some really good games. And this is the last year before the college football playoff expands and conference realignment. So I'm really excited for this year of college football. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.